Hello and welcome. We're back after a week off. I was in Pismo for vacation. Tim was doing like his last last week of hard work for hard, hard work. Mind you, Tim was waking up like at four o'clock, three o'clock in the morning and not getting home till late. So uh, now he's back to hopefully a somewhat normal uh, schedule. Uh, Say hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. Um, So we got so much to cover for you. We want to get to it because the Disney parks pile is heavy. And um, Tim went, I mean, Tim went all out. Like I only found a couple of things this week. Tim, I could tell Tim had time because he he added a bunch of stuff to the agenda. And when Tim's on this game, our Disney pile is fat. So we're going to get right into it, which actually this is there's a lot of Disney related stuff. But first, we have Bob Iger warned Disney executives to not let data influence creative decisions as Chapek or Chapek took power. I have noticed Bob Iger has his own TikTok now or a Facebook group thingy where I see him walking around and explaining everything that he had influence on at the parks. Um, I will say, I think he's one of the few Imagineers who still has that same Disney cred. Like I know some of them, they still have cred, but some of them, you know, like Disney's like, nah, don't do that on property. Bob Iger can pretty much do whatever he wants. Now with this, what exactly did he tell them? Tim, I didn't get to read this article yet about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw it. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. What's what's this going to be about, or what what's going on? Is he slamming, you know, Bob Chapek, or is he kind of just here's my my parting words and advice because of you know if we did it differently, then this wouldn't have happened. So right, um, basically at at an annual retreat for Disney execs in july you know he told uh you know told it basically in quoting him in a world and business that is awash with data is tempting to use data to answer all of our questions including creative questions i urge all of you not to do that um so it's like okay well that, that's interesting because obviously you know disney especially the parks are you know pretty i don't want to say data driven but have a lot of data behind them um i mean as I- anything disney i mean when you walk out of the park well at least when it was normal ish you legitimately would see was it probably five to seven people on each side doing surveys about everything you experienced when you went yeah asking questions and they have a tablet and everything and even you know recently with the annual passes whatnot coming back as they sent out you know huge surveys uh via email as well so i mean they collect that and they know what's going on Mm -hmm. um but, you know, like he also added um, that had data been the controlling factor, such hits like Coco, Black Panther, and uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings may have not have been made. So there you go right there, um, which I thought that right there was very interesting because, I mean, all three of those have been pretty big hits. Um, I mean, Coco's, yeah, I mean, and Black Panther, too, are in the park. Um, you know, Black Panther at Avengers Campus, obviously, um, and Coco uh, featured really heavily, well, both at, at Disneyland and um, California Adventure. So, yeah, big time. You know, basically, you could take those those three away. Um, 
so I thought it was it was really interesting. And then, um, you know, I guess the so Chapek followed, uh, you know, his address, and, and you know, has said in fact, um, by saying that Disney has in fact become a data driven company, um, though several sources denied that was the case. So uh, I. You know, I don't know if he's trying to change and make his start his own, I guess you could say, legacy or whatnot. That, okay, hey, here's how Iger did it. Here's how I'm going to do it. And I right. want to use more of this um, data that we're so good at collecting, um, which I think it's great to have that and learn from it. But, you know, that then again, if that becomes. You know, your, as he put it, your driving force being that, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you still got to, you know, kind of go and, and do your own thing and use that as a, as a supporting cast, not as the starring role, mm -hmm. uh, I guess to say it. So very, very interesting to say, say the least of it. And I mean, you can't you know, say that Bob Iger has been bad to the company. I mean, he's gotten, you know, all the Marvel stuff, Lucas, 20th Century Fox. Um, but do you, but do you also think that there might be a hint of he's not trying, he's not keeping up with the times because like you said, three huge, not only movies, but ties into the parks were yeah. basically would not have been made if he would have had his, if not had his way but you know, if people had listened to him, no, well, it, yeah, listen to to Chapek, where Iger said, you know, if if it wasn't, if data was a controlling factor, then those wouldn't have been made, right? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is, is like, obviously, Bob Iger has a very creative past, and yeah. he's very imaginative, and but how do you, how do we know that? There could be a lot. There could be no data tied into it. It could just, you know, what I mean, we don't, we don't actually don't know yeah. if the data actually influenced it or not. And I do understand, like the Shang Chi aspect of everything that was filmed. Here's the thing: it's not just data. How much stuff that was made during the pandemic, you know, basically the budgets went up probably multiple millions of dollars just for COVID protocols alone. Yeah. And changing locations and different stuff. I do trust Bob Iger though, more than I do Ch uh, Chapek. So uh, I'm going to listen to what he says. Um, it's more now of how do we go forward? You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, exactly. And I mean, with Iger being there for so long um, and his past before he became, you know, CEO and whatnot, uh, you know, those, those are big shoes to fill, um, and he's created his legacy there. So now, you know, Chapek just started, and he kind of, I guess you could say, well, not his own fault, but got off to a bad start because Iger's like, okay, I'm out of here. Then all of a sudden the pandemic hits, and they're like, oh, no, wait, we want you back to lead us through, you know, help us come out. You know, you're you're the right person to help us come out on the other side of this because you've been here so long. We're not going to put the new guy in charge, and you know who knows what what he's going to do. Where you're already familiar with it, um, and you know that's 
you know, it's probably the best move, but it just stinks for, you know, Chapek. That's how it started. But, I mean, there's nothing to do with that. I mean, I don't, I don't see Chape, I don't, I don't see Chapek going longer than 2025. I don't think, I don't think he makes it that long because he legitimately, no. like you said, he was a rocky start. Um, Bob Iger, while there is some negativity around him for different things, nothing is ever a big deal. You never see anyone second guessing his decisions. You never saw anyone even questioning a release schedule. Anything to do with anything Disney never got questioned, aside from maybe some tiny little things here and there, which mean nothing in reality. Now, every single thing that Chapek does is almost like, uh, really? Or could this affect, like, everything he's done? Mind you, Bob Iger, when does he officially step down completely? That's into this year, right? Into this year, yeah. Because he was on, he was the the head of the board of directors. Yep. Yeah, and, and I think he'll still no. remain on the board, no. but won't be the... No, I think he's completely leaving. I think he's completely. Uh, I think he's completely cutting his ties with Disney. Yeah. Oh, you know, I think he is because didn't he sell a whole bunch of the stocks and whatnot? He sold basically. Way. Yeah, he sold basically almost everything. I think it's because he wants to get political, and I know if he has ties to Disney still, when he tries to join a political race, there are people who are going to see say certain things. Um, but what I will say is, is that uh, I'm trying to think. It almost reminds me of those of Michael Eisner when Michael Eisner was in charge and he didn't do anything really wrong. They just thought said that he was greedy and all this stuff. And it was also the way he was handed the power because he's Walt's what great nephew or something like that. Um, Eisner, I don't, I, I can't remember, but he, I mean, he also came from a different background from like correct television. Right. And so, um, they make fun of him on Family Guy where they're like, oh, Michael Eisner, here's my script. And he's like, oh, hey, thanks, man. And he's like, here, here's some ears. Come to Disney, bring money. And that was the joke. And you had Bob Iger, who's done such so many amazing things, and he's really changed the landscape. I mean, I think it doesn't bode well for Chapek in the simple fact that they had Bob Iger help do the 50th anniversary commencement speech with him at Disney World. You've legitimately been in charge of all Disney since last year, and you haven't done a single thing by yourself. Right. Bob Iger's been there every step of the way. Yeah. No, exactly. Well, and, and the interesting thing is, I kind of remember a little bit about this, but in the article, at the end of the article, you know, it says, you know, the plan to make a you know, Chapek CEO emerged in late 2019 after years-long search for internal candidates. Yep. Um, you know, the the heavy favorite was the COO, um, Tom Staggs, at the time, um, before his position prior to his departure in 2016 was going to be, um, you know, what was basically the favorite to take over um, to replace Iger as CEO. Um, and then it says sources claiming that Staggs learned that uh, JPEG was actively undermining his candidacy. So, I mean, you kind of, yeah, it, I don't know. It's, it, it, there's a lot to be, there's just so much. It, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's basically like mom and dad 
you know, are in a fight, you know, whose side do you take? Do you take the guy that's been there for you this whole time? Or do you usher in a new, and I, the funny part was, is for the longest time, I thought, you know what, Bob Iger has set a great legacy. He probably doesn't even want to help because he hopes the person fails because if the person after you fails miserably, it makes your legacy look that much better because they're going to be talking about how none of this happened with Bob Iger. We didn't yeah. have these problems with Bob Iger. So yep. I honestly feel like in this instance, it's more of a Bob Iger has the best interest of the company at, at my in mind. And it's just one of those things where we're going to sit here and we're going to learn more in the in the future where it's going to be like, well, this is what happened. This is what we had going on. You know, there's probably more stuff that we don't even know about that. You know what I mean? Like, there's so yeah. much stuff out there that we would never even think about. And no, then, yeah, exactly. Well, and you have somebody coming in that wants to create their own legacy after. I mean, those are huge shoes to so, I mean to fit into. I mean, just let alone just if he just got the the only thing he did was get um, Lucas Lucasfilm. Say that's the only thing he did. That's huge. But he did that like three or four times. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and look at all what the Lucasfilms has done, Marvel films have done, you know, uh, just those two alone right there, what they've netted in the box office. Um, you know, I mean, and, and you're right, you're just, right. That's just movies. That's not everything else that that came from that. So now that's what you, you know. You got to follow. It's like, how am I supposed to follow that up? It's almost like, you know, this is the the bounce back CEO. And then the next one will be, you know, the, the, I mean, especially, especially with the wokeness that we have now with, um, I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on now that we haven't had to deal with. And I just feel like if there was, the chance to do something great now would have been the chance because in reality all bob chapik had to do was i mean sounds mean but he just needed to succeed man it was not that hard he he didn't have to do that much exactly and it'll be interesting to see you know years from now and reflect back on this is if he does rely more heavily on the data influence like Iger, you know, warned him not to. Um, yeah. Or, 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 you know, put more of that into the cup of making the decisions that, you know, does that become his ultimate failure? I don't, you know, not, I guess I should say not ultimate failure, but, you know, it, is that what he's going to be, you know, going to be it, it's there, there's a possibility that that's what i mean i mean what other name another company where the i mean which we've been talking about this for a while but i'm it's very important name another company where the ceo was replaced and yet the previous ceo still had more influence more push more everything than anybody else you don't it is not the person well, resigns yeah, very quickly the only one kind of would be Apple, where Steve Jobs got kicked out, and then they <laughs> they have him come back, and I mean, that, yeah. I mean that's kind of different because I. But 
you know, but, but like you said, you know, that's, it's a rarity. Exactly. No. And you gotta, you gotta think if you watch documentaries about Steve jobs, he did it as a major F you to the people who kicked him out. It was motivation. Bob Iger, they begged to come back to help transition, which what's funny is you would have thought as smart of a company as it was, they must have paid him. They must have gave him a fat pay increase because normally you, what you would end up happening is you, they would be like, hey, here's our transition plan. And obviously their transition plan failed miserably. So they're like, hey, Bob, here's an extra, I don't know, uh, $150 million probably something or something sort of, sort of incentive. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's hard to say that it failed miserably because you got to throw a global pandemic in there as well i mean nobody saw that coming not to put a you know to say that it was a hundred percent that but i mean that is you know to give chapek i guess a little bit i mean yeah and and you go from having all your parks up and running and making all this money to having them a what all shut down and then the movies i mean all your big generation you know generators um or cash flows just completely shut down i mean that's that's tough um like i said not to and you know now that we're back up and going and that he's out or transitioning out like he said it is still like you know um you know Iger is still leading the show even though and i and i yeah. think a lot of people like him too he's a personable type of guy and I don't know. I, I think know. that I also think that's the problem too. Is that he's a he's been he's he's Uncle Bob basically. Yeah. You know, whenever you see him in the parks, what's really funny is like there's been rumors that him and Bob Chapek don't get uh Chapek they don't get along. They are right. not friendly or nothing. And if you look at the way that he looks at Bob Chapek. It, you can feel it. You can feel the animosity. The look of disgust. But I, I will give him, I mean, like any good CEO or whatnot, um, he does back, he doesn't talk bad of Bob or anything like that. And I mean, uh, uh, Chapik, and, you know, basically says, hey, he's not me. Um, and I put my support 100% behind him. Now, it could be a great, you know, PR move or whatnot, but, I mean, it's not, you know, it, it's not really bad, or he's not saying, oh, man, I, you know, I would do this, or I wouldn't do that, I would do this, you know, he basically, you know, says, hey, he's not me, that's, you know, it's it's his, you know, it's his lead now, so. Well, and you gotta think, there's probably a lot of, well, let's let him fail kind of thing, too, it's not all... It's not all uh, roses and rainbows. <laughs> right, exactly. And all basically all what Iger has to do is be like, hey, remember, you wanted me to come back after I was already done. So there there you go. Yes, if, if, yes. If, if you thought he could lead you through the pandemic, then I wouldn't be here. Well, guess who's back? Back again. Right? <laughs> um. So let us know how you feel about that topic because that's a, that is a very um, big topic to deal with. But go to uh, linktree l i n k t r dot e e 
slash FOMOcast Gaming. Um, the next thing we're going to talk about, I'm excited for this. It is uh, Catherine Hahn is rumored. It's not 100%, but it's basically 100% that she will be returning as Agatha, Agatha Hartnick's Harkness. God, man. Um, on Disney Plus. They haven't had anything set in stone, but they have said that um, she basically, it, it is co- almost confirmed by the, the creator of, or the one of the head showrunners for WandaVision. So to me, you know, that's basically confirming, you know, uh, I, I do think that um, she's one of the most just captivating people that we've had so far. I truly enjoy everything that she's done so far. And I really, I don't know, man. I, it's one of those things where it's hard to explain, but I do like everything that she has been bringing to the table. And like she won, um, a, was it a Grammy or an, I think it was an Academy Award for, um, the song the agatha the agatha all along and then i believe i can't remember what the other thing was she did something else but i was just like man this is so awesome that you know she didn't even like i heard rumors that she was like yeah i don't even i didn't even think about this it was more of just like a you know random type thing so i was like man I really, really enjoy everything that she's doing. I really enjoy, I feel like she's built for the MCU and she doesn't even know it. And so I'm excited if they do it. And the thing is, in the comic books, apparently she is partially a good person. And I feel like in different situations with WandaVision, she could have more of a positive influence on a different show. You never know. Um, we'll see what happens with it, but that is hopefully soon. We get more information. One thing we, what we you going to say, Tim? Huh? What do you say? Oh, the next thing we have is actually out now. I'm going to watch it as soon as I get done, or maybe while I'm editing. Uh, Black Widow is now available for everyone on Disney+. Plus. Um, it is one of the few ones that... Uh, I Disney Plus. I didn't even think about this. So HBO Max, you have 30 days to watch the movie, and then it's pulled from HBO Max for a set period of time, and then it goes back to HBO Max. This with Black Widow, it's always available. And then you know, the one thing I think that I haven't looked up, and I don't think you get to keep it. So if you pay the premium, if you get rid of Disney Plus, you don't keep the premiere so is it really worth it if you're gonna pay for it and not keep it on digital or anything like that because it is the same price as keeping it you know what i mean yeah so we'll see but uh everyone get watching um along that i'll add this in now so um it's not on our agenda but um uh scarlett johansson did settle her lawsuit with disney plus or disney in general um, rumor is that Disney 
included some stipulations about her appearing in the next movie, the Tower of Terror movie that was supposedly scrapped. And the belief is, is they've already invested quite a bit of money in it. She was set to be a producer and possibly star. And the rumor is, is in the settlement, they're going to give her a certain amount of money, but they're also, she is going to guarantee that she will star in the next movie as almost like a guaranteed star power type of thing. Because you know these contracts are going to be so jacked now because of all this stuff. And everyone has said that this will affect the landscape of contracts in the future. But I figured I'd mention it because Black Widow is out for everybody. Um, and, you know, we know a lot of stuff that why why she did what she did. Um, I understand it. But, yeah. Um, the big news that happened besides Facebook going down for almost a whole day. Uh, there was a Twitch data hack, and the leak basically, apparently they got, like, so much information. Shout out to Justin, my wife's coworker. I know he's probably listening now uh, when when we drop this. But um, aside from the salaries of Twitch streamers and the fact they got some data, basically how everything's made with Twitch, he said... Some of the leaked data included the fact that Twitch was attempting to make a service where you could basically buy and play games through Twitch, like Steam, and that's insane. For those that don't know, when you stream, I am an affiliate now. Make sure you check me out. Search FOMOcast Chris. I greatly appreciate it. But I can actually, so let's say, for instance, I play World of Warcraft. You can have achievements that people can get by watching you stream World of Warcraft. And it's based on World of Warcraft. So you log into the game that it's associated with. There's a handful of games, and you can get bonuses while watching someone play the game. And what I'm getting at is, what if you were able to download Warzone through Twitch, and people who watched you play that got some sort of achievement? They got, you know double xp token they got this they got that that would be insane so it did reveal some of the of the salaries but the gaming thing was the biggest about the game system what i do think is funny a lot of the they got people who had their stuff leaked people who are going to their streams and going like hey i work at mcdonald's do you need me to send you a couple bucks because some of them got were getting paid basically nothing i'm not gonna lie i did not know that that you get paid for ads running on your Twitch. Did you know that? Yeah. That's, I mean, even on like podcasts, they say, Hey, we got to pay the bills right now. And then they'll do an ad read. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, I know that. I mean, I mean, if a, if a person watches, if a person watches your stream and they have an automatic ad when you become, when I became um, affiliated, uh-huh. they have they have basic, you know, ads that can, yeah, stream before the thing. You get paid for that. You as in the streamer. Yes. Yeah. It's just it's just like anything like a sponsorship or anything like that. But like see like for me I just I looked at it right now it was eleven it was eleven cents. No big deal. It's not crazy. But I'm I'm literally I have nobody I have nobody following like 
my, my viewers are like between three and five people. So that's why I, I thought it was crazy that imagine having a thousand people watching that ad, you know, because right. like Tim, the Ten, before Tim, the Ted man left, you know, Nick Burks has got a huge contract. You know, it's it's crazy. So we'll see more. Oh, uh, now, did the data come out about in the hack anything about Dr. Disrespect and his? No, but yeah, it doesn't mean anything. I have a feeling that we they there won't be anything in that data. There won't be any. They won't have it. No. It's it's an internal it's, thing. He no, knows yeah. why. He knows why, and he's doing so. No, we'll, exactly. see what, we'll see what happens with that. And and most of those, like you said, it's just like a data thing, or it's not, uh, you know, like stuff that they're working on. It's not really right. how a guy got banned or whatnot, unless it's like a whistleblower coming out and saying right. Something. Right. Well, we got one of those later. Um, Next, this one's weird. Like, I thought this show was already over. It's only season three. Lost in Space on Netflix is going to debut on December 1st. Now, here's why it's weird. It's been over two years. I actually watched part of the first season because I was one of the few people who actually liked um, uh, the movie with Matt LeBlanc. Like, a lot of people hated it. I, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, it was kind of dumb on some of the premise, but I was like, wait, when did this start? And I think 2017 is when the first season came out, I think, because there was a huge delay. It was not like, yeah, it's the best thing ever, but it also wasn't like, oh, you know what I mean? Like it was it didn't get the greatest reception, but it was decent enough. So I was kind of like, I don't know what's going on with this, but let's see. And sure enough, I was like, let me tell you right now when it um, when it was supposed to drop. I was like, wait, this is crazy. So obviously you have time constraints and everything because of the pandemic. So I'm I'm okay with that. Like, I don't mind, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. But. So 2018. So 2018 was the first season. That is crazy. So 2018, the last episode aired in April. They all, all so they all dropped in April. I'm for Netflix. Then it came in 2019, and so and then now 2021. So two years later. So I was just kind of shocked. Very good graphics. Very good effects. Follows a similar plot line of the original show and the movie that came out. So um, we'll see what happens with that one. Now, is there a reason why it didn't drop in April and is December 1st or? I don't know. I I guarantee the slate of stuff kind of all got delayed and they changed. You know, I think I think with the the fantasticalness of that's a made up word I just made up of uh, Tiger King. I think it changed everything. Everything uh, kind of fluctuated and moved around because people were like, we don't yeah. even know what to what kind of content we want. And uh, a lot of people, I've heard rumors before that some shows or or movies will be done for years before they even see the light of day because Netflix is, tr- Netflix is trying to strategically place it up against something else. You know, you got to think, if you have a show like Lost in Space that does have a following and they're like, you know what, let's wait to see if Hulu or another streaming service puts something out that's futuristic like this, and then we'll drop it against that. So, yeah, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with anything else that comes out around the same time. Um, 
this one I was actually excited for because I don't think this has ever happened in, in any kind of show. So the rumor was that uh, the girl who played Sabrina Spellman in the Netflix uh, uh, show, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, was going to be coming to the Riverdale spinoff show. And it never happened because the spinoff show got canceled. But she has been seen in a chair with Sabrina Spellman's name on it on the set of Riverdale. So they almost have confirmed she will appear on Riverdale, which I believe in the comics, wherever Sabrina lives is the town over from Riverdale. So it is in a comic book type thingy legitimately makes sense. So we're going to see what happens. Um, I am excited for it, though, because I like the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It's fun. Uh, We also have a couple of teaser trailers. Well, we have a teaser trailer and a first clip. I'm going to go over the the, the teaser trailer is for uh, the House of Dragon. And that is the Game of Thrones prequel. Um, it seems darker than I thought it would be, and it has a little narration over it. I'm not going to spoil it if you want to see it or if you don't. I'm not going to say anything about that, but do go watch it. I think it's important. I think it's great. But the bigger one for me, even though I love Game of Thrones, even the last season, um, they have the first clip from the HBO Max Peacemaker series that's coming out with John Cena. Mind you, I love John Cena especially in suicide squad the suicide squad even though even though you know people make fun of him it was very r-rated what he some stuff he said that was hilarious i really appreciate it but this first clip from the show is amazing it has many of the people from the actual movie who play like the techie kind of people that are a part of the main ladies team and Please do go watch it on our Facebook page. Go to Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash FOMOCast Gaming because it's a hilarious clip. Not just that, but the interaction between them and um, oh, I can't remember his name now. He's hilarious on everything he's in. Best friends of Brian Posehn. He was actually in The Mandalorian. And I'm going to... Um, uh, I'm going to look it up right now because it's going to bother me. He was actually on the Sarah Silverman Sarah Silverman program. Steve Agee. So I love him on everything he does. He is so freaking amazing. And he was in Suicide Squad and he plays John Economos. Oh, really? Come on. Come on. So he, play, he plays the same character in um, the Suicide Squad. And it's just a lot of fun. He's really funny. It's it just, I don't know. I like seeing people like that inside of the shows. And, um, yeah, a lot of people will know him from Saving Sarah Martin. The same Saving Sarah Martin. What is it called? The Sarah Silverman program is what he's probably most people would know him from. But he's been in pretty much <clears throat> anything you can think of. I think even he was on the Connors and Superstore. And I'm pretty sure... He was in The Mandalorian. I can't remember if it was the first season or not. I'll tell you shortly. I guess he wasn't in The Mandalorian. Maybe Brian Posehn was the one I was thinking of. Probably. But 
drunk history, obviously. It's amazing. But yeah, no, I'm super, super, super stoked for the Peacemaker. It looks fantastic. And um, yeah, it's been something that uh, I've been looking forward to for a long time, especially seeing, seeing the Suicide Squad because it was so cool. Um, but then we go to the most important thing. So this one's not that crazy, but everyone's blowing it up because sh- Facebook shut down after a whistleblower did a big old interview. But basically confirmed what most people knew was that Facebook knows how detrimental they are to kids' lives, and they know that there is a significant amount of suicides that are caused by social media in general. So I figure we'd mentioned it because just a it's it's an important topic, you know. Right. To and, I, at that. and I think when it all came out, I think Mark Zuckerberg dropped one slot on World's Richest Man too for losing like eight billion dollars. 24 hours so right you know it's, it's got to be tough yeah all right next we got uh universal studios japan has announced a partnership with the pokemon company now that's huge because the pokemon company owns everything pokemon so the cards everything you name it they're behind it so I can only imagine that they're planning on a Pokemon world or something along that nature because that's it just that's what's how you make money with it. It's gonna be amazing. No, exactly. And I'm surprised that it took them this long to do it. Um, uh, but maybe they were waiting for the you know, how the Super Mario Land did or or something like that, and then okay, hey, that did well, let's jump in on it, or who knows, it could have been something else or Maybe they weren't even going to, you know, do anything. And through the pandemic with how, um, you know, Pokemon, especially on the card side of it, just exploded that, hey, let's team up with them and and uh, and ride the wave here. So we'll see how it goes. But that's the perfect I mean, that's the perfect spot for them to do it at, you know, Universal over in Japan, just with how big it is there. Or, I mean, that's where it was originated from. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be pretty awesome to see. Um, but, I mean, there's just so much potential for it. That's why I'm so excited, because it's not just about that. It's, you know, it's a, yeah. It, it, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to look great. Um, I'll be, I'll on a, be curious, just curious on what they do with it, or, or where, they t- where they go with it. And that's the difficult um the difficult uh, uh, the difficult part about it is is what direction do you take it? Because I mean, technically, you know, they could go the logical way, like I said, and and do um, do the park idea. Do you know? There's so much you could do, but they could also just integrate it into the park itself, and maybe that's just a testing ground there because. I know I know that the um over there the Super Mario World was the first one they did over there and now they're bringing it over here. So it might even just be a test market too to see the reaction of it for going forward at other parks across the world, maybe even opening up a new Universal Studios. We'll see. Um the one news that I thought was weird was Disneyland Paris lowers Disney Premier access prices. Now what's weird to me about that is is I've heard if you go to Disneyland Paris, 
if you're going to go for more than three days, get a pass because the pass is cheaper than the three day pass. Yeah. And, and with all the discounts and everything too, that you get now, when they say lowered it, they lowered it by, um, three euro because i guess before it was 15 euro and now uh and that's for the top attraction Mm -hmm. and now it's set to 12 euro so who knows it may be a thing where not that many guests are buying it um so they're hey if we lower it you know maybe it'll help out or it might be one of those things where it's just not doing that well over there because they don't want to you know that population or whatnot doesn't want to you know doesn't care for that so i mean it could because i've heard rumors across the board people going over there that are like oh it's not that popular or you know if you go during the week there's nobody there so i mean it's still a disney park so they have some standards to set but i mean we'll we'll see what happens yeah yeah but, but like you said i'm surprised they lowered it this quick um, because it hasn't even, I mean, has it even been around for a month, uh, over there? I know it was the first one to go, oh, obviously it's the first one, only one, but just to, for them to especially lower anything, uh, that means that it's not doing, there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. And I, you gotta think too, I, I bet you anything that over there too, they don't have as much surveys done because not saying that they don't do surveys, but. Everyone literally, I get emails still asking for surveys about Disneyland and that we haven't been since before the pandemic in April, the year before. So it's not like we were at Disneyland six months ago. It's been almost two years and, you know, it's kind of, wait, no, it has been two years. Yeah, it's been almost three years. So it's almost like. You know, they maybe they didn't do a good a good enough study on it, and they just assumed, hey, look, this is how much they pay for in America. We'll put a little bit lay, lower, but I mean, we'll we'll see what they what they do with it because they may just eliminate it completely from Disney from Disneyland Paris. But you know, I kind of want to go there just for the haunted mansion because it's different, isn't it? That one's Gracie Manor, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think so. I I get I get a couple of them mixed up. Yeah, because they have different names. There and I believe in Tokyo Disney. Yeah. I think they have different names, but we'll see. Maybe. Um, we're going on to the parks pile. The parks pile is so jam-packed. Tim's gonna be leading some of these um a little bit higher. We do have a full list of individual of, of lightning lane attractions and individual lightning lane selections available for purchase of Disneyland resort. So they do have it where you can buy it for all of them and for individual rides then? Both options? Yeah. Well, because before you had the, um, you know, now it's, it's not Fast Plus, it's the, the Genie service, and then you have right. the Genie Plus, uh, and then you have the, the Lightning Lane. Um, and with, you know, the, the Genie is the free one, then the Genie Plus is the paid one, which is like Matt Lou kind of similar to what max pass was but it doesn't have all of the attractions on the genie plus because then you have the lightning lane selections which is an extra fee um on top of that on top of the genie plus uh, 
to pay for. So you get Genie Plus, here's, you know, this group of attractions. And then you have the Lightning Lane, which is you pay individually for that and an additional fee for that. Um, and for the Lightning Lane ones, there's only between Disneyland and California Adventure, there's only three that for the Lightning Lane that, you know, that pay for that specific ride for it. So okay. at Disneyland, it's Star Wars, Rise of the Resistance. The only one in Disneyland, which makes sense. I was surprised that they only had one. Now, this is interesting. At California Adventure, they have two. One, obviously, being the Web Slingers, Spider-Man Adventure. The second one, which it, it kind of surprises me. It kind of doesn't just because it's still a great ride. It's been open for, I want to say, a handful of years. Is Radiator Springs Racer. <laughs> Really? Yep. Those are the two that are that are over there. Um, that are the Lightning Lane. So there's basically only three at the Disneyland Resort that you can pay extra for. Um, now, who knows how much? I'm sure Rise of the Resistance and Web Slingers will, you know, demand the the high dollar ones. Whether it's fifteen dollars, twelve dollars, thirteen dollars, whatever it is, and I'm sure Radiator Springs Racers will be. You know, somewhere I'd say, you know, sub $10. You know, maybe it's a 5 to $7 range. Right. But if I'm going there and, okay, if I pay 12 bucks more and I'm guaranteed to get on Rise of the Resistance, I'm going to do it. You know? I mean, yeah, especially because then you're not sitting there and you're not trying to hurry up and get, get in line and do all, especially with the way they've changed it now to where it's, uh, you can wait in line. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to go and check that little box real quick in the morning, kind of thing. Yep. No, it, exactly. You don't got to worry about being there. Well, I mean, you have to worry about basically waking up in time and probably paying for it, just because I'm sure it's going to be like virtual queue where they're only going to have so many available um, for it, and I don't know if it's going to be. You know, if they're going to have them throughout the day, like, hey, if I get there at noon, am I going to be able to get uh, some of those or how, you know, how it's going to work? Um, but the other thing is, is, you know, then they have the list of the uh, Genie Plus Genie Plus services, which is like Max Pass. And I mean, it's all the ones that it's basically all the big rides um, that you could get before, obviously. Mm -hmm those three um on it the interesting one was is it's got a it's a small world on there which uh sometimes you don't usually see that um but yeah no i mean i i'd probably get this this genie plus just looking at the i mean it's basically like like you said replace fast pass plus and hey if i want to write the other um you know, those other ones in Lightning Lane, well, then I just just get it. But I or or, or I think it's it's either standby or lightning lane. Um on the on those ones. Now if you get the one where you pay for let's say you, you love Radiator Springs, is it a one time thing or how does that work? See, I don't know. I don't I mean if Disney's smart, it's like, hey, you gotta, you know, pay for it. You have to, you know, go on the ride 
And if you want to pay for it again and there's, you know, still some available, why not? I mean, that's just easy money. True. You know, right, right there. Um, and I know at, at the, at the end of, uh, uh, end of it, it kind of, or at the end of this, uh, parks pile at Disney world. Cause a lot of same thing happened over there. Um, what happened at Disney world first with them, um, introducing what the, uh, the rides are going to be and what how much the lightning lanes rides will cost as well so but we'll get to yeah that. we'll we'll see we'll see i don't know it's um it's something it's something that it's still it's experimental ish so you know we'll honestly see uh what happens with it yeah well and i guess another thing well it's kind of not in here but i forgot to add it on is I guess a lot of people aren't with not necessarily being experimental, but with a reservation type deal. I guess a lot of the magic keys now it has since they've released more, but I know like yesterday I was scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, whatnot. And that almost like the whole month of October was basically for magic keys. There was no reservations. available, And everyone was, pretty ticked off about about it um obviously as disney and what they do they take note and like within 24 hours definitely within 48 hours all of a sudden a whole bunch more reservations became available but it was crazy that the first week of october and granted you know it's halloween time a lot of the halloween stuff comes uh or uh you know uh oh what do you call them Skins on the um, on the rides, you know, haunted mansion, and whatnot, come come about at this time. So yeah, uh, you know, it's it, it makes sense, but you know, it was just really interesting to see the whole month within the first week already gone. But you know, good on Disney to release more hey, uh, spots. That's something that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens if they keep making changes like this because that one was pretty much immediate. Like it was the next day they made changes to it. So yeah, it did not take that long. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Disneyland has introduced uh, their next resort ambassador team. Now, I remember them from the opening of the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout Ride. They were very predominantly featured in like the uh behind the scenes videos and i think they had their own series kind of where they would take you on new rides or new features in the parks um but they would also dress up very nicely and be at the events to basically they're almost like you could live vicariously through them but they also represented different things inside the parks and and things like that yeah and and their cast members too uh you know, on it. So it's not like, oh, hey, this is somebody that works in the front office or anything like that. They're they're cast members. And this one, um, it's a male, female, Mark Everett King Jr. and Natalie Guzman um, were selected. And this, you know, dates back to when it was first established in 1965. Um, so it shows them on the, uh, the Disney Parks TikTok page. Um, so what they are, they'll represent cast members in public and in the media, like you said already. Yep. So, um, 
And they actually the cool the cool thing is it's two of them, but I know of friends that like at big events and they need extra help, they'll have them wear, wear similar attire to the ambassadors. So you almost know in larger events, look for those people because they know about the event kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it says Natalie's worked with Walt Disney Company since 2010. She currently works in guest relations. And uh, Mark Everett King Jr. been worked with Disneyland since 2013, and he's a stage manager at um, Disney California Adventures. So they had a big uh, ceremony, well, not big ceremony, but a ceremony for him back uh, on the uh, stage of Mickey and the Magical Map. And their duties officially begin January 1, 2022. So I believe it's a two year. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be 2022 to 2023. Because I believe the other people's ended and they were trying to figure it out, but then COVID happened. So they haven't had one for the past year, I believe. Well, I think they just kind of extended theirs. But yeah. They didn't really do that much. Right. You know, obviously, obvious reasons. Park that's closed. Exactly. Um, next, we have the behind-the-scenes Muppets Haunted Mansion exhibit is open at Disneyland, which looks like uh, the movie looks actually better than I thought it would, so I'm kind of excited for it. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think it's... Uh, oh, I don't have the article up right now, but I think it is in the Opera House is where the uh, exhibit is at. Um I believe is where it's at. It's either there are like great moments with Mr. Lincoln somewhere in there is where they normally have them at. So, and I think it's just, uh, you know, costumes and some of the, uh, the Muppets themselves. Yeah. So should be fun. Um, they do have a new pumpkin spice pretzel at Disneyland resort. Now, whenever they say Disneyland resort, it makes me think, I bet you they're selling it not only inside, but also at one of those kiosks. So, uh, that should be, um, interesting. I don't know. I do like pumpkin spice muffins, so maybe it'll be kind of good. I don't know. It's a pretzel, though. And it all depends on how they do it, because you get some pumpkin spice stuff, and it's, you know, too... It's it's overwhelming. Or it's overwhelming, or it's like there's nothing here. It just tastes like, you know, a regular pretzel with a hint of maybe a little bit of of pumpkin on the back end, but, you know, it's pretzel stuffed with uh, cream cheese, you get a uh, side of brown butter. Uh, also, it's at the uh, pretzel cart located near Star Tours, um, and it will cost six seventy five, six dollars seventy five cents. If you better be a big pretzel, add the brown butter dip. It's a dollar more. Jesus, it does, not, it does not look like a big pretzel. You know, like the little uh, nacho cheese that you get with uh, with like nachos at the park or something. You know, the little cup. It's about a little over. That would take up a little less than half of it. So according to the pictures, so it does not look like that it is that big. Not like the normal um, uh, pretzels that that you get there. They look to be a little bit smaller. So okay, we Uh, shall. (laughs) Yeah, I I like pretzels, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind, I I question. Well, you go down there and get your your PSL, and then you can I'm, get uh, go to the marketplace to. and get your uh, pumpkin spice latte from from yeah. the buck. Um, we do have some sort of ride news where basically um, they have Disney has said they may activate standby queue for uh, web slingers, which makes sense because um, 
I mean, they're doing it for the other rides now, and I heard it's not getting as crazy. So we'll see how that works out. Um, I'm sure it'll probably start. I, I would say probably Christmas break is probably when you would see the biggest activity because there's no real breaks. Like Thanksgiving breaks, not even really crazy. I heard the week after Thanksgiving is a great week to go. So, you know, maybe I'll go experience it then and see if they have the standby. Um, this feature is amazing. I'm excited they added this. So the cast member compliment feature is now available on my Disney experience app. And I love this because there's been plenty of times where a cast member has done something magical as I'm walking out. Like, you know, and if you have a kid and the kid's asleep, you're not going to turn back around and go to city hall. City hall might not even be open, especially if the park's closing down. So if you have the ability to get their name and get where they were working in the time and give them a compliment, um, I work in an industry that's not very forgiving and whenever I give a compliment to one of the workers on they're taking care of something very well or they're doing a good job, you can see it brightens their day. And just to get, you know, a compliment from someone, because I know they give them, it's almost like a certificate whenever they get a compliment. And it, so many of them do help them out and as, as a job. So I, I, I like it. And I hope that they, um, uh, in, acknowledge in the same way they would if you would take the time to go to agile city hall and you know tell people that you love you you appreciate what they did and give them a compliment yeah exactly and i'm surprised it took them this long to do it because i know like before you know you go up to city hall then there is an email that you could do it uh and tweet yeah twitter yeah um you know could do it as well um and i mean i'm sure even if you wanted to you could phone you know call them up and do it as well and like you said the cast member gets a certificate of it and if you you know write an email or on the tweet or whatnot it it gets to them so um the only thing i can't remember if it's just walt disney world or uh disney world and disneyland Um, but i know what people do just to remember because sometimes it's like oh man that was awesome i'll remember it and an hour later Oh wait, what was that cast member? What what was it? Exactly. They'll uh, because they always have you know they always have their phone on them. They'll take a picture of it and in the note they'll attach um, a note to it and be like you know this is what you know just a quick little jot a note. So then that way at the end of the day they can either email or go to city hall or you know send a tweet out and they have all the information right there. I'm like oh, you know what? That's smart. So. If you you know, either at the end of the day, go back to your hotel and you're kind of just chilling or before you go to bed, send out a, a tweet or an email. Or if you go back you know, uh, during the day just to rest, uh, you could do it, do it then. So, yeah, nice, well, nice I'm support. glad they're I'm glad they have it that way. And yeah. uh, hopefully um, we're going to um, see some other changes to make it be able to get more recognition for them outside the app too, but make sure yeah. they do something great, do it for them. Yep. Um, this is kind of, it's already been expected. So minimum wage for Walt Disney world of cast members is raised to $15. It's not a crazy thing that, that we knew that was coming for a while now. I think it was announced like two or three years ago. They had a deadline, so nothing big. Um, we also uh, we knew about this too because they were doing the cast preview I think two weeks ago. So Remy's Ratatouille Adventure and France Pavilion expansion is officially open at Epcot. Um, I heard it's basically the exact same ride as Disneyland Paris, so it's not you know too crazy. Um, yeah, 
Now, this is the weird one. Um, uh, basically, it says... So you had two ones here. It says, Maiden Voyage on Star Wars Galactic Cruiser has sold out, but Star Wars Galactic well, Cruiser pre-sale so, window... Yeah, so the first one happened, and then a day later, the second one happened. Or basically, one got announced, uh, and then the other one, um, you know, happened. So, like you were saying, on, on for this, so the Star Wars Hotel, which I'm sure that's what everyone's going to call it, not Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. So, they had the pre-sale window, which was announced for Club 33, Golden Oak, Disney Visa card holders, um, and with the general booking beginning on October 28th. So, obviously, you get, you know, the Golden Oak is, uh, I believe, the community over at Walt Disney World, which, like, the cheapest house over there is, like, over a million dollars. Um, type deal and it's tied to the park so obviously they get priority well um you know then like a day later article comes out i can't remember when their pre-sale window was um i let my club 33 pass go so you know it it, it just did i didn't go there that much for it yeah out of it so um but then it says you know like i said a couple days later oh the maiden voyage of Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser is sold out. So, um, sorry, general booking, but you will get no rooms the first day that the uh, Star Cruiser goes because, well, A, you can't sign up for them, and B, they're already sold out. So, it'll and be we don't know. We don't know. They may be doing restrictions to COVID S restrictions for everything. So, I mean, there's also that possibility. Yeah, exactly. And it'll be curious to see is how far out it is once the general booking does happen on the 28th. Because, I mean, that's still, well, as we record this, it's the 8th. I mean, that's still 20 days away. I mean, almost three weeks yeah. out. So, I mean, yeah. and that's a crazy plus. So, so, the thing is, so Disney Disney Visa card holders, that could be anybody. How many people do you know have probably gotten a Visa so they can meet Stitch at Disney's California Adventure back in the day? I mean, literally... Right so many people have gotten the card just for that so yep we'll we'll see what is available i'm sure we'll get like stories about oh i'm booked out like three months after it opens so um and along with that as well the captain's table dining add-on will be 30 dollars per person at star wars galactic star cruiser which is making this exactly like a cruise which is kind of funny um so uh we'll we'll see about that (laughs) that's 30 dollars uh and then, oh, and then and Star that's, Wars that's 30 wait. per person. Yeah, this is this is crazy. How many points do you get? So Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser starts at 295 points for Disney Vacation Club members. How how many points do you get? I I I don't know. And in the article, I wish it said, oh, at, uh, you know, the contemporary uh, cost, right. you know, it's this much, or the Polynesian right. bungalows were this Alani, much. Like, they do different places, like Alani, because technically, the Star Cruiser is an experience. I have yeah. heard it's not going to be as immersive, because, like, Connor from ConCon's Cantina, when we talked uh, about it, he's like, they better let me get a costume or something, because if I can't wear a costume, I'm not paying the money for it, and which makes sense. It's supposed to be an experience. They're encouraging you to wear costumes. How accurate can it be? Because Connor does 
cosplay and can cosplay. So if he shows up looking like a rebel or he shows up looking like a smuggler, you know, which that's the, the truth. When you pick a mission, people listening always pick smuggler. Um, so, I mean, we're going to see if the 295 points is worth. I'm going to we need to Google that and see that. Um, uh, and I didn't well, see this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, on the. Um, oh, man, this is interesting. So the 2022 point chart, this is for um, Grand California that they have it. They have different travel periods. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, depending on that. So, like, the cheapest one that I see here is travel period one, Sunday through Thursday, uh, January 2nd through the February 26th, or September 4th through October 6th. A studio, which leads up to four, like I said, this is Sunday through Thursday, is 17 points. Now, which, you know, shoot, I'll I'll take that. Um, now, and that's vacation points per night, So this, so that would be a two-night stay. Um, so that would be what, thirty six? No. Is that per person? Um, no, no, because you're renting the room. You're not renting the. Uh, okay. You know the, the. So that means it's a friggin' a lot of points then. Right. Well, so <laughs> a three bedroom grand villa sleeps up to twelve on that same travel period, but it would be you know this says it's weekly is seven hundred and. Eight points. So, uh, so you figure two ninety five is probably a family of four. <coughs> yeah, yeah. So let's see. So it's probably on point. Yeah. So two ninety five. Okay, here we go. So one bedroom villa sleeps up to five for travel period two, which is uh, end of April through end of June, October beginning of October through mid November. And then basically takes Thanksgiving off, and then um, end of November to right before Christmas. That's two hundred ninety-one points a night. So pretty much, you get a run one-bedroom villa if you want to go oh, right now. Oh yeah, started uh, yesterday. So if you want to go right now through November twenty-first per night, two hundred ninety-one bucks for a one-bedroom villa. So. Hmm. There. All right. Well, it seems like those points might be worth it. Um, and next, and, and that's and just throwing it out there. That's for the cheapest room there. Right. Right. The the captain's cabin or whatever it is. That's in the thousands of points range. Right. If I remember, like well, oh, I mean, uh, I mean over a thousand points. So, but yeah, I mean, two hundred ninety-five points. So there you go. Yeah. Um, and we're going to end we got a couple more but kind of close they're basically all uh, um, we have the pricing for the Genie the Disney Genie and Genie Plus and Lightning launch on my birthday October 19th at Walt Disney World the pricing has been released for individual track attractions there's a full list of the attractions for slain selections for certain parks and Guests will not be allowed to change or cancel individual lightning lane selections at Walt Disney World, which makes sense because there's a lot more yep. rides and stuff that you're going to do. So, well, I, and it, you're you're paying for it. You're paying for right. that date. You're paying for your spot in line. So it's not like, oh, hey, I'm just going to cancel this one because most cancellations are 24 hours. Well, right. 
you pick your spot in line at the beginning of the day for that day you can't just oh you know what i don't want to want to do it and it's you know as soon as you make your selection you get charged it's done so you either use it or lose it which i which i think yeah. is it uh is good i mean and that's the only way to do it with anything that's like a, a day of type uh, right deal. right now what rides have they what rides are going to be the uh, rides for this oh i just closed that window uh come on it, we got in on a strong note let us know the rides right um it was i know it was um like three uh, or um it was like a handful in each part um oh perfect here we go it's actually towards the front uh well it's just, yep so magic kingdom seven doors mine train and space mountain and these are for the lightning lane ones so this is the ones that you pay, you know pay extra for yes so magic kingdom seven doors mine train space mountain Epcot, Frozen Ever After, and Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Really surprised me about Frozen, but you know Tron's not available yet. I'm sure that's going to be in there. Or the Guardians of the Gal, or the Guardians of the Galaxy ride at Disney World. Yeah. Yep. And yep. And that one. So Disney Hollywood Studios, obviously Star Wars: Rise of the Resistance, and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and Animal Kingdom uh, is Avatar: Flight of Passage and Expedition Everest. Which makes sense. They're doing the best rides what you pay for, which I appreciate because if yeah. this was Great America or another place or Knott's Berry Farm, it'd be like their subpar mid-tier ride that why are you paying extra to go on this? The ride I only have to go on once every six months kind of thing. So, you know, if it's I, I appreciate it for the simple fact that let's say, for instance, like Tim, Tim and I were planning what, 2025 is where you're planning to go to Disney World? When are you planning? Yeah something, yeah, something like that. So when you're planning a trip like that where you're not going to go back, you know you're not going back to Disney World probably another 10 years, you want to hit the newest rides, it's worth it, especially even Disneyland. You pay for a ride to go on it. It makes me happy that people are actually able to do it because, look, sometimes you got a family of six, and four of you want to go on a ride. You know, the other ones don't want to sit there and wait around and they're going off somewhere and it's just causing all this hectic mess. They don't have fast passes anymore. So what do you do? You pay a little bit extra because guess what? You know, let's say, for instance, you love the ride so much. Maybe you can wait in line for it. I don't know. But sometimes you go to a new ride. You don't know if you're going to like it or not. And then you sit there and wait for 45 minutes to an hour. And you're like, I just wasted an hour sitting here in line. You know, so I like that they're doing this. I think it's a great addition. And I honestly think that they could probably um, expand it in the future or change it. Yeah. Well, and the thing is also with those lightning lane selections not available in the general Genie Plus, um, you know. Um, New fast pass, basically. Yeah, right. Yeah. Option. Uh, is that if you are to pay for it, that means it's not going to take as long. Right. Um, in that line because yep. you don't have everyone else in that, you know, basically Genie Plus pool in there as well. It's, exactly. It's, uh, you know, additional cost. You're going to have people, ah, you know what, I don't want to pay for it. Or, or hey, you know what, the line's not that long. Standby line's not that long. Let's just jump in that. Um, 
and and do it that way. Or you're going to have ones, hey, I mean, like I said, we're going down there and, you know, hey, I want to, you know, write Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. I like it. Hey, it's 12, 15 bucks, you know, for me and the wife to go on it. That's 30 bucks. Hey, I'll, sh- I'll show it out once. Um, or I'll save up for it and use it, you know, knowing that I need to save 30 bucks, an extra 30 bucks a day um, to, to uh, go on it so yeah. that I budgeted into my cost and hey which which what do we you know what do we want to go on oh you go on this one okay cool um and go on it that way so I mean I'm I'm you know I'm fine to do that but it'll be curious to see on how the standby line is for those I think they said it's just going to be standby and lightning lane now it may be virtual queue in Lightning Lane, you know, for like Star Wars or the Resistance or whatnot. Who, who knows? But if it's that, I'm going to pay the money and go in it because I'm guaranteed a spot. So, yeah, we'll and that's just so, extra money for Disney. Yeah, extra money. They don't have to do anything. Before this, it was free. You know. Yeah, they just had, that's had to get there in time. And now, you know. So it, last time we went, um. There was a group of two or six of us. All we had to do was make sure we were in the gate by the beginning. Um, our ticket was scanned in the gate when Disneyland opened, 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then everyone mm-hmm. got their times. Uh, that's the only thing we had to do. And I know I, there was people that was there. They got it. Cool. We're good. And they'd go off to the park or they you know, didn't get it. And they'd cry and you know, then be miserable for the rest of the day. Or people got it. And they're like, okay, cool, we got it. Oh, yeah, we're boarding group, you know, 75. All right, yeah, let's go back and sleep for another couple hours and come back. That's all what they did. Um, and, you know, that was free. Now, so six of us, if we were to spend, let's see, it's 15 bucks. That's what, that's almost 100 bucks right there in Disney's pocket, where before it was free. So, it's 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 something that I think is going to be ever changing. So as it goes along, maybe we'll see some changes that we'd like, we don't like. But yeah. in the end, Disney's going to do what they're going to do, and we have no choice in it. So just try and enjoy yourself, right? And and I'm happy at Disneyland, the both parks, is there's only three rides there. Granted, it's a smaller park than you know Disney or a smaller resort than Disney World, but. You know, they probably could have put, you know, like three from Disneyland and three from California Adventure on that list, but they didn't. You knew they were going to do the two big ones, and I'm surprised they didn't do, you know, a couple other ones on there. So I am thankful that, you know, you have a bigger group to choose from on the right. Um, So, which, hey, in the beginning, the other two were virtual queues. If you didn't get them, you didn't get them, and you couldn't get there. Uh, you couldn't write them anyways for that day. So you either got them or you didn't. It's essentially this, the same thing. So there you go. I, I'm excited. I'll see. Interesting to see how it goes once at Disneyland, the resort, the, at least the Genie Plus. See how okay. that like it or whatnot. Because that would probably be something that that I would get. Like, hey, you want to go on this one? Yeah, okay, well, let's pay the 15 bucks and go on it. If not, Hey, let's pay whatever the Genie Plus price is, and you know, back to doing Fast Pass Plus. 
Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I'm excited for it. I want to experience it. Let us know if you have or you want to at Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash FOMOCastGaming. I want to thank everyone for listening. Glad to be back. Thank you, Tim, for hopping on with me uh, for the FOMOCast. I'm Chris. I'm Tim. Good night, Mr. J. We will see you guys next time.